General William Booth, the man who founded the Salvation Army, was a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. And on the eve of the 20th century, Booth died in 1912, on the eve of the 20th century, he predicted that the gospel would not fare well in the new century. He predicted that by the end of the 20th century, many in the church would be preaching Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, and heaven without hell. How prophetic was he? Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. And uh, today we want to talk about the sad state of the church in America. Because what Booth saw back in 1899 uh, has taken root in 2023. Uh, We do have Christianity without Christ because men don't like the Jesus of the Bible. They don't like the God of the Bible. So they make God into their own image. They, they create a God that uh, suits their fancy. I've said in the church many times, uh, when the Lord appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he said, I am who I am. God is not the God you want him to be. He is the God who is. And Jesus is not the Jesus you want him to be. He is the, the Jesus who is. Uh, I remember hearing one preacher, very famous, I won't say his name, but he always talked about, uh, well, that's what my Jesus would do. That's what my Jesus would say. That's what my Jesus, uh, how my Jesus would respond. It's like, you don't have a Jesus. There's just Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus uh, can be yours in, in the sense of he's your Savior, but, but it's not like my Jesus, his Jesus, her Jesus, your Jesus. It's just Jesus. And so... Men don't, uh, they, they want Christianity without the biblical Christ, and they want forgiveness without repentance. I remember when I was in college, the movie came out with Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And uh, Dolly Parton was big time in the news at, at that time, and uh, she had evidently given an interview because there was a sermon at at church a couple Sundays later where she said that uh, she didn't believe you had to repent in order to to get right with God. Well, that's a total lie. Jesus said, Luke 13, verse 3, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Then he says in Luke 13, verse 5, he says it again, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish perish. God is not willing, 2 Peter 3, 9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In the book of Mark, we read about Jesus beginning his ministry, and it says that uh, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent, metanoia, it means to change your mind. Change your mind about what you think about sin and self and the Savior. 
Now, we talk about uh, uh, repentance being a turning and so it's, it's doing a 180. You're on the highway to hell and you're, you're uh, walking on the broad road that leads to destruction and you turn around and you put your faith and trust in Christ. You turn from sin self and your false ideas of the Savior and you put your faith and trust in the real Christ, in the real Savior, in the God who reveals himself in Exodus 34, the Lord, the Lord God compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That is God. That is who he is. That's how he revealed his glory to Moses because that uh, revelation was in direct response to Moses saying to God, I pray thee, if I've found favor in your sight, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'll make all my splendor pass before you, but you can't see my face. No man can see my face and live. I'll just let you see the edges of my glory and that's when, uh, as the song says, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock and covers, uh, covers me there with his hand. That's what God did to Moses. Let him see the backside, the edges of his glory, and he proclaimed his name before Moses. And that's where he said those words, who he is. Now, we have to worship God for who he is, not for who we want him to be. And may I just say this, who God actually is, is so much better, so much greater, so much more wonderful than anything our minds can comprehend. But here is what sinful man wants. We want to create God in our own image, a God who winks at our sin, a God who just says, oh, now there, there, boys will be boys, it's okay. Uh, but that is not God. God is the God who says to the woman caught in the very act of adultery, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Now, you may have heard about the conference that Andy Stanley uh, just had last week. It was called the Unconditional Conference. It was supposed to be a third way uh, that the church should view the situation with uh, the LBGTQIA plus, plus, plus community, how we're supposed to view uh, homosexuality and transgenderism and those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, Andy has been riding the edge for a long time. And uh, Al Mohler wrote an article, Al Mohler, the president of Southern Seminary, he wrote an article just recently, the train is leaving the station. And he was talking about this, uh, this unconditional conference because uh, two of the speakers were uh, homosexual men in marriage, you know, not real marriage, but in civil marriage uh, relationships. And they were going to be speaking. They're on the platform talking about this. And uh, so Al said, he gave Andy the benefit of the doubt. He said, maybe Andy's going to come out in this conference and uh, make it clear what he believes, that he believes in biblical Christianity. Uh, he didn't hold much hope for that, as no one else did, because that's not the trajectory that Andy has been uh, traveling. But uh, that was his hope. The train is leaving the station was the, the uh, title of his article. Well, he just wrote about the conference, Al Mohler did, and he entitled this article, um, 
that, uh, what is it, to, uh, he, t- he entitled it, Go and Sin No More. And this is what he says at the beginning of the article, and it was in World Magazine, uh, posted today, October 3rd. Christians should find no joy in addressing theological error, but passivity in the face of serious error amounts to complicity. The apostles warned the church to be on guard against false gospels and teachings that contradict the faith, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, according to Jude. Clearly, the, the, that calls for careful discernment and a necessary note of humility. This stewardship also requires careful consideration of theological weight, biblical substance, and ethical priority. A disagreement over eschatological timetables is not a first-order theological issue, but a subversion of the gospel is a first-order crisis. Andy Stanley is subverting the gospel. And uh, this is what Al said in, inside that article. He said, There is no call to repentance in the message Stanley presented. Also missing is sanctification. No call to flee from sin and obey Christ. So that goes back to what, uh, what William Booth, General William Booth said. What are we, we going to see at the end of the 20th century? And as now we're living in it in the... In, uh, in the uh, the year 20, 2023, uh, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, heaven without hell. No consequences. So we don't talk about hell. We just talk about how God loves us. We just talk about uh, God's goodness, how God overlooks things, and we can live any way we want. And, uh, you know, the idea false idea that you can you can live at the pigsty like the prodigal and you can get right with God at the pigsty that is impossible you can't get right with God at the pigsty why because God hates sin that's why and so just as the the story of the prodigal son it always keeps popping up in, uh, in daily life, we think about that. In the church, we think about that. Two sinners, the, the unrighteous sinner, the, the son, and the self-righteous sinner, the elder brother. And we deal with both in the church. Now, the, the unrighteous sinner, all, of, all of, fall short of the glory of God, all are unrighteous, but the, the, just the uh, flagrantly unrighteous sinner is the prodigal son. But, uh, you know, when he takes his father's money, he wastes it on wine, women, and song. As the elder brother said, he wasted, waste, wasted the father's wealth on prostitutes. So he's not just uh, having a big time uh, with going to, uh, to mixers and parties. He's spending his father's money on prostitutes. I mean, it, it's just horrible. But eventually, his money ran out, and then the famine hit, and then the friends are gone. And he and no one was giving anything to him. And it says he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. You don't want to help a person 
uh, to to settle down at the pigsty. You want them to be miserable. I talked to a friend just yesterday, and uh, his wife had gone off the rails, and he said, you know, I have, I have trouble praying for her. She divorced him and is going into sexual immorality, and he said, you know, I, I'm just so hurt, I'm angry, and I have trouble praying for her. I don't want her to be happy. And I said, well, I don't want her to be happy either. She's at the pigsty. She doesn't need to be happy. She needs to be miserable. And I said, it's okay to pray that her misery index would be off the chain because God does not want her uh, in this state of euphoria, false euphoria, at the pigsty. That's the worst thing you could possibly experience is uh, a sense of happiness and satisfaction at the pigsty because you are totally deceived at that point. But here's the prodigal, and it says, but when he came to his senses, now here's a picture of repentance. You can't have forgiveness without repentance. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. That's repentance. You live the, leave the pigsty of sin. You, you take responsibility for your actions. You get up and you go to your father. You go to the Lord in brokenness, in confession, in repentance. And you're like the woman who wept at Jesus' feet. And uh, the Lord said to her, there was uh, Martin Luther called her tears heart water. It's a broken heart. She was a prostitute. She had done terrible, horrible things. She was covered in the slimy fingerprints of sin. But she came to the Lord, wept at his feet. And Jesus said to that woman, that repentant woman, your sins have been forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Listen, there is no forgiveness without repentance. There is no Christianity without Christ. There is no salvation without regeneration. And there is no heaven without hell. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, but hell is a real place and people will go there People who rejected the Lord Jesus, rejected his forgiveness, rejected his salvation, rejected his will, his word, his ways. And at the end, Revelation 20, they're going to hear the Lord say to him, to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, not my will, but yours be done. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about the sad state of the church in America and uh, you don't want to miss the rest of this broadcast. We'll be taking your calls in just a moment. Don't go away. Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn Ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Oh, look how strong it is. Oh, praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. 
To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Jessica Peck, host of the Dr. Nurse Mama radio show, beginning daily October 16th on AFR. I'll serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your family. The show begins October 16th, and I can hardly wait to prescribe hope for healthy families. I'll see you there. Remember as a kid, your mom or dad would say, I told you so. If you're like me, it probably didn't inspire warm fuzzies in your relationship, did it? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. When you made mistakes, you didn't want to hear your mom and dad rub it in. And your kids don't want to feel shame from you when they've made mistakes either. When they've messed up, beware of using comments like, you should have listened. I hope you learned your lesson or I told you so. You don't have to shame your kids. They already know they made a mistake. Instead, stay quiet. Let the consequences teach the lesson and continue to love your child through the entire situation. Maybe you'll be the one to break the generational saying, I told you so. Do you have teenagers under your roof? Find more encouragement and helpful resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the sad state of the church in America. Now, this is what Jude says. Jude is the second to the last book in the New Testament. Uh, I think that where it's situated in the New Testament is critical. It's just one chapter, but it deals with false teachers and false prophets. And Jude said this, uh, verse 3, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turned the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. They turn God's grace into a license to sin. They turn God's grace into a, uh, a teaching that says, you can get right with God at the pigsty. You never have to leave the pigsty. You never have to leave your sin. God loves you just the way you are, and uh, God will bless you, and if you want to live in sin, that's fine. We will just change the moral uh, out-of-bounds markers, and that's what we have happening today. Vance Havner, the great preacher of yesteryear, he died in 1986, he said this, The biggest danger to the church is not woodpeckers on the outside, but termites 
on the inside. Those are the people who have crept in unnoticed, and they stand behind pulpits, and they preach to God's people lies. So it's no, uh, it, it's no minor thing, no coincidence that Jude is right before the book of the Revelation, the book of the Revelation that speaks of the end times and the return of Christ, Revelation chapter 19. And so what do we see right before the end times and the return of Christ, right before the tribulation period and the return of Christ? We see a falling away. We see uh, false prophets coming into the church. I just finished a book uh, by Matt Walsh called Church of Cowards, A Wake-Up Call to Complacent Christians. And uh, I thought this book was excellent. He hits the nail on the head. He doesn't mince words. I like that about Matt Walsh. He's very straightforward. I have another book in my hands that I just ordered called The Coming Apostasy by Dr. Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley. Uh, exposing the sabotage of Christianity from within. Now, the the coming apostasy is what uh, Paul talked about in Second Thessalonians that there was going to come this falling away from the faith, and uh, and we're seeing that today. And probably the biggest proponent, sad to say, uh, one of the biggest proponents who is leading the church astray is Andy Stanley. Charles Stanley's son. Andy Stanley has a huge following of people. He has a, a huge impact in the Christian community. And uh, as Al Mohler wrote, the, the train is leaving the station. Uh, the train has left the station, in my opinion, and Andy is letting it be known about his true colors. And so he had, just last week, uh, his unconditional conference that brought in lots of people to his church, and, and he was talking about this third way to view uh, the homosexual uh, situation and transgenderism and the LGBTQ uh, community, as they call themselves. Um, there is no third way. As one guy I saw online, I love this, he said, well, there's no third way. There's the broad road that leads to destruction, and then there's the narrow way that leads to life. There is no third way. Well, Andy had a man uh, at this conference, Rick Long of Grace Church in Arveda, Colorado, and uh, he, uh, he spoke at this conference, and somebody put together uh, some clips of what he had to say at this unconditional conference uh, where he's affirming people that are uh, living at the pigsty, and uh, then they inserted clips of John MacArthur, not speaking directly uh, toward what he is saying, but something that he had he had done earlier, John MacArthur, just talking about the issue of homosexuality and the, uh, the idea of uh, forgiveness without repentance and what's going on in the church today. So you're going to hear back and forth in this clip I'm going to play. Uh, first you hear from Rick Long, and then you hear from John MacArthur, and they go back and forth. I can quote 12,000 verses. I have four books memorized. I've been studying the Bible since I was 13. I've read the Bible about 40 times. I've, I've probably got 200 hours of reading, studying, preparing, listening, interviewing for just this single message. I just want you to know I didn't just get God's approval. I got the gay approval. I think once the church decides it is going to give the unconverted people what they want uh, in an effort to win them, uh, ostensibly. 
As soon as you link up with them and you let them dictate what you do as a church, inevitably they will take you to the bottom. And I went over in my clothes and I got in the tub. And I said, I'm baptizing Selena and Valentina. They're a married couple. And I said, I just want you to know they're our sisters in Jesus. Whether you believe in heterosexual, homosexual, bi, whatever, whatever. I'm a pastor who believes that any sex outside of marriage is not good. If it's not in a committed relationship before God to the person you're with, it, it's not good. If every relationship, lesbian, gay, whatever, was in a committed monogamous marital relationship, 99% of our problems in this country would go away. In other words, you, you've just put a ball and chain uh, on the church and it's going, it's going to the bottom. I'm not trying to change your perspective or your conviction. I've got so many blind spots, I'm not telling anybody where they're wrong. The church is the most hateful place toward gays and lesbians and those in this community. The church is like, who don't get near me? I don't wanna get gay cooties. You know, my, my gay friends are more evangelistic than most of the straight Christian friends I know. At what point do Christians ever think they can stand in a position of condemnation, especially around people who are in a monogamous, loving relationship. So what happens is it starts out, it's kind of uh, benign in some ways. You have contemporary music and you start, the sermons get lighter and lighter and it's about success and being happy and finding your fulfillment. Are you convinced that where you're at in life before God and before your own conscience is right, then that's all you have to worry about. But eventually it won't stay there because they're not going to just accept the style. If you link with the world, they want more than the style. They're going to mess with the substance. You know, we may look and say any other model is an alternative path. Saying it's an alternative path versus saying it's an evil or sinful path is different. And the, they'll start dragging you down. So the next thing you're going to find out is the gospel gets mitigated. Uh, the, the offense of the gospel is, is removed because you've already decided you're going to court them. So you've got to get rid of what offends them. Maybe you're here and you've never received the assurance of salvation. Hey, don't leave without it. I'm not going to have you stand up. I won't have you come forward. But in a moment, I want to ask you to raise up your hand and put it right back down. That just tells me you got it. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? God bless you. Christians, that's what it's all about. And the next day you wake up, they're dragging you into homosexuality and the LGBTQ transgender movement. So they're inventing new terms like SSA, same-sex attraction, and saying it's not a sin. A same-sex attraction is not sin. Acting on that may be. So once the church connected and decided the world was going to define it, because they were going to win the world by being the friend of the world, which James says is enmity with God. So if you're the friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. Uh, it starts in a benign way, but eventually you get where we are now. How many of you are free from a life of sin? If you raise your hand or stand up, I'm going to personally throw you out of the church. Because there's nobody in this room free from sin. That was a, a conglomeration of... Uh... Rick Long of Grace Church, he was the one that was speaking at the Unconditional Conference, and then somebody had inserted John MacArthur talking about that same subject of homosexuality in the church. Uh, John was giving the truth, and Rick Long was giving uh, a cultural uh, okayed response. As he said, I got the approval not just from Scripture, but from the gay community. I mean, 
that's just shocking to say that. If the world is approving your message, it's not a message from God. God and the world have nothing in common. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus made it clear that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. John 3.16 is the most famous verse in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world or condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now watch this, verse 19 of John 3. This is the judgment that light has come into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. Hates the light, hates the Lord, because the Lord is the light of the world. Hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. If you get approval from the gay community about your message, it is a message from the world, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. It is a message that has the the approval of hell upon it, the approval of Satan upon it. Listen, we have far too many churches who are courting the world. And perhaps they could say, well, they, they have a desire to reach the world, as one church has in its uh, values on their website. We will do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. It's just so polluted and it's so twisted and it's so wrong. God hates sin. Why would you do anything uh, that comes? will come right up to the edge of sin, of what God hates to win you to Christ. That just doesn't make sense. That's just such a twisted view of how we are to live. Jesus said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. We don't win the world by becoming like the world. Adrian used to call that, uh, Adrian Rogers, he used used to call that cocktail evangelism. Oh, let's just go to the bar and sit down with them and have a beer with them, have a drink with them, and uh, we'll win the world by being like the world. You don't win the world by being like the world. You you are a statement to the world. You shine uh, to the, out into the world, and you shine brightly when you come out from among them and you're separate. You're not like them. You, you, Jesus said, you shall be holy for I am holy. The world is not holy. And so we as God's people need to stand in the truth. Now, preachers today, we, we continually on this program, we continually go back to Paul's last chapter, the, the last word, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I solemnly charge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. I mean, if that doesn't strike fear into your heart, 
the, the, the healthy fear and reverence and awe of God. You're going to have to give an account. Every pastor listening to me, every preacher listening to me, uh, Jeff Shreve uh, is going to have to give an account for what I preached. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God, preach the word. Not pop psychology, not what you think, not what you feel, not what people want to hear, not what the gay community approves. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, ouch, rebuke, ouch, ouch. Exhort with great patience and instruction. Reprove and rebuke before exhortation, before encouragement. So we step on their toes with the word of God that steps on our toes too as preachers. Reprove, rebuke, and then exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. What is our job on this earth? You've heard me say it many, many times. We have one main job on this earth, but you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. What's a pastor's job? To lead and feed, to preach the word and to be ready in season and out of season to tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Andy Stanley is telling people what they want to hear. He's not telling people what they need to hear. And as Franklin Graham said uh, a few years ago, talking about uh, the sin of homosexuality, uh, you could say the sin of, of adultery or of fornication for that matter, but if you're living in sin, what is there for you? The fires of hell. And if you say you love people and you're not warning them about the hell that is one heartbeat away from them, well, you are deceived and deceiving. You are lying and uh, you are blind as a bat. We desperately need to tell people the truth before it's too late and call people to repentance, help open their eyes, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who can really do this, but we preach the truth to help open their eyes to the fact that you are at the pigsty. You can't get right with God at the pigsty. You have to get up and go to your Father in repentance and brokenness and contrition and confession and get right with God. That's the only way that a person is made right with God. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and we're up against a break, but when we come back, the phone lines will be open, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I would love to hear from you. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a brief testimony, maybe God has done a deep work in your heart to open your eyes to truth about your own pigsty and how you came out of that, we would love to hear from it. So don't go away. Give me a call. The loss of a child through an abortion affects the emotional health of families. Feelings of anger, sadness, and regret can be overwhelming. But there is hope and healing in the aftermath. Call the International Helpline at 866-482-LIFE to talk with someone who has been where you are and healed to help others. Your call is confidential. 866-482-LIFE. 
AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. And maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $7 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. See what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles. Here's Michael with Bible League International. Say, what would you do if you were a new Christian and you didn't have a Bible? Probably say, well, I'd hop in my car, I'd go to a Christian bookstore, or I'd have one shipped to me. What if those weren't options? You'd say, well, I'm new to the faith. I mean, I I need to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. You know, you would pray that someone, anyone, would bring you a Bible? And that's exactly the way it is for literally millions of Christians around the world. They're part of our spiritual family. They're new to the faith. They want to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, but God has them planning where it's very difficult to access a Bible. And that's why we're partnering right now to bless 4,000 Bibleist believers by the end of October in Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. And every gift made today, regardless of size, will be doubled. Abraham? $5 sends a Bible. $100 sends 20 $500 sends 100 You can give by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. Or visit SendBiblesNow.org. That's SendBiblesNow.org. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the sad state of the church in America and the desperate need that we have for pastors, for churches to get back to preaching the Word of God, to call men, women, boys, and girls to repentance to uh, letting people know this is true north, this is what the Word of God says, we reprove, we rebuke, and then we exhort with great patience and instruction. And uh, we're not doing that today, uh, by and large. Obviously, there are some that do that. I I would uh, like to think that I am doing that. If I'm not doing it, I I want to be doing it. And so I think there are lots uh, like me around the country who are doing it. But in general, the the mass of uh, churches who call themselves Christians have caved into uh, into a uh, comfortable uh, get along with the culture type of message. That's why uh, the book by Matt Walsh that was written, I think, in 2013, uh, "Church of Cowards: A Wake Up Call to Complacent Christians," uh, I think is a uh, is a great read and uh, a very I, I got I always dog ear books that I like, and so I can find. Uh, 
passages that I, you know, parts of it, and then I'll star them and dog ear them so I can go back and find them. I got this one dog eared to death. And so I thought he had great stuff to share, and it's very blunt. It's boom, here is where we, you know, let's face the brutal facts, like it says in the book, Good to Great. We need to uh, be honest about where we are, and uh, we need to speak the truth in love. It is not loving to lie to people. It is not loving to lie to people. It is loving to tell people the truth. Now, you don't tell them the truth uh, by banging them over the head with a billy club. You tell them the truth by, uh, as one person said, the velvet brick. But, but you have to tell them the truth. And, uh, and I've always said this. So preaching, preaching is speaking the truth in love. One-on-one is speaking uh, love, lovingly speaking the truth. So, so love is the lead foot one-on-one. Truth is obviously connected to that. You're not telling them a lie, but it's very, you're, you're gentle in how you do it. It's kind of like a, a doctor with bedside manner, and you're giving somebody the bad news that they have uh, cancer that's going to kill them unless they have some radical surgery. Well, you wouldn't just, boom, here, here you go, uh, leave you bleeding on the side of the road type thing. But when you're speaking to a congregation, I'm not talking to anybody individually. I, I'm, it's, it's the message, if the shoe fits, wear it. So if this is you, then you need to desperately and, and definitively do something about it because you are on a collision course with death and hell and separation from God forever and ever and ever. And so you speak the truth in love. That is desperately needed today. Well, we're going to the phone lines as we talk about the sad state of the church in America. And the number to call is 888-589-8840. And we have a first-time caller, Angela from Virginia. Angela, welcome to the program. Thank you for calling. Uh, Thank you. Just wanted to give you words of encouragement um, because we have so few pastors that are willing to speak the truth and stand. But my but my point today I wanted to make was last week, I don't get to listen to every day I do ministry. I was listening to you and your wife, and I loved your transparency and your past life. I do ministry, and it is so wonderful to hear somewhere someone from you that is just so spiritually mature and your transparency of, like, where you were. That was such an encouragement to me that I can share with my other people through through people that are, you know, I do international ministry and other ministries, and I hear so much sin, 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 but I'm like, there is grace with Jesus, and I yes. can point them to you, and like I said, I am just so encouraged by your transparency, <clears throat> excuse me, that you were so transparent, and that gives people hope because we all have our struggles, so sure. God bless you. Uh, I love your program. I don't get to listen every day because of ministry things, but I just have been so encouraged when I've been able to to uh, listen. So God bless you. I pray for you, oh, and you. just thank you so much for your stand. God thank bless you. you. Thank you, Angela. I appreciate that so much, and thanks for listening. Thanks for calling, and may God bless you as you do the the work of the kingdom and lift up the name of Jesus. Well, we have uh, Deborah on the line from Texas. Deborah, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Hi. Um, I might as well ditto Angela because she she said it 
exactly how I would put it. You and Debbie are, are fantastic and keep standing. I am so, so blessed to have you on the radio. Thank you so much for your ministry. Um, I'm praying for you and, and, and um, praying for your family and, 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 Again, God bless your ministry. Uh, you're very sweet, Deborah. Because Thank you. You 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 you're like standing above all these other other pastors. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. You, you have a, a blessed week, and and I love you dearly. I uh, love you too, and thank you for calling in and encouraging me. So I, I hope that I'm an encouragement to other pastors, especially to Christians uh, just around the country and around the world, but to pastors especially to stand up and speak up for the truth and uh, you just trust God with the outcome. I, I love what Charles Stanley said, you know, uh, the, the crux of his ministry was uh, obey God and leave the results to him. And uh, he had a deep walk with the Lord and a deep prayer life, and he preached the, the Word of God. And it is sad to see that his son is not doing so. And uh, in many ways, his son is a, is a better communicator than his dad, but uh, he's, not, he's not holding fast to the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And we, we are to contend for the truth. There's a battle raging for the truth, and Christians need, and pastors especially, you got to stand up and be counted. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And uh, don't be afraid of uh, what man says or what the culture says. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. We need more Micaiahs, that man in the Old Testament, that prophet who stood up before King Ahab, the only one, and told him the truth, even though there was a price tag for that. He was put in prison for that, but he told him the truth, and we need people to speak the truth and speak the truth in love. Well, we have Jim on the line from Arkansas. Jim, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Uh, thank you, and I think you're great. I listen to you often. Um, I used to live that lifestyle. I mean, I was all over it. I was deep into it, and, and uh, just... Long story short, you got other callers, but boy, by the grace of God, I was brought into it. I still struggle with it in the sense that the, the devil uses it to to try to, you know, annoy me with, but I don't act on it anymore. Um, it is a pit of destruction, and uh, God, real quickly, God doesn't create people to be gay. But we are born that way, and it's not a choice. So how does one become gay? Or how does one have this this orientation? Well, it says in the Bible, we're all born into corruption. And this is just one form of corruption. You know, sexual sin, greed, power, whatever it is. You know, and we we have the choice at one point in our life to to finally answer. Are we going to give ourselves over to this corruption, whatever it is, or are we going to give ourselves over to Jesus Christ? You know, mm. and, and there's suffering. Suffering is inescapable. Either way, there's suffering by living with Christ, because the suffering of self-denial, the suffering of rejection of the world, friends, etc., or the suffering to choose not to live with Jesus Christ, 
which may not be experienced right away, but will surely come. Right. And we just have to choose which, 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 which cross, which type of suffering are we going to live? Praise right. be God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you sharing. And, uh, you know, as, as was said in that clip, uh, that Pastor Rick Long um, in that ended that clip and says that nobody is free from sin, but the Bible says we're free from sin. That doesn't mean that we don't struggle with sin. We have to do battle with sin, but we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And the Bible makes it clear once we give our lives to Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And Romans 6 makes it clear we are dead to sin and we're alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 7 makes it clear, yeah, but we we still do deal with the flesh. Even though the flesh has no more power over us, we have to fight the flesh. And Romans 8 says the victory is in yielding to the Spirit, but if by the Spirit we are putting to death the deeds of the body, we will live, Romans 8, verse 12. And so uh, I appreciate uh, your words, Jim. I appreciate your encouragement. I appreciate uh, just your testimony that says, hey, I was in that lifestyle, and uh, God delivered me from that, and uh, now I stand up and tell the truth. Well, we have first-time caller Tammy from Mississippi on the line. Tammy, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you for having me, and uh, first off, thank you for your ministry. I appreciate it. It's been valuable to me. Thank you. Um, I have a question. My question is, um, I can't find peace for my salvation. I am married. I'm living in a second marriage, and because of my divorce, from everything I read in the Bible and, and my understanding, then I'm living in a continuous state of adultery. So how how can I be saved if I'm living in continuous sin? Yeah, uh, great question, Tammy. Um, so if you believe that, that, that I'm living in continuous sin because I, I got divorced and maybe it wasn't a biblical divorce, I had no grounds for divorce, but I got divorced and now I'm remarried. How long have you been remarried? Oh, forever. And I'm in a happy marriage. I have uh, two children, from two grown children and grandchildren from this marriage, but it's just, um, you know, not a marriage I want to get out of. I, I've been married to this man my whole life more than I was my first husband. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would I would not look at it the way you're looking at it. Uh, obviously, the Lord uh, he hates divorce, and so if you were to say, "Well, okay, I'm living in continual adultery because I divorced my husband and now I married somebody else," and uh, you know that's how people interpret uh, what Jesus said. Everyone, Luke sixteen eighteen, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. And, uh, and if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery, Mark 10, 12. So people look at that and say, okay, I'm in this state of continual adultery. I guess the only way out of that would be to get divorced to my, for my, uh, or to my husband now. Well, that, that would be doing something God hates. And so uh, what you did in the past, you need to say, Lord, I messed up there and that was wrong. 
please forgive me. I, I repent. I turn from that. But I don't believe that your marriage to your husband now with the two children is something that he wants you to get out of. I think he wants you to enjoy that. We, we used to say this when Debbie and I spoke at Family Life Ministries. We say, listen, we know uh, that there are people here and you've been married more than once. Some of you have been married twice, three times, maybe four times. We just want this to be your last marriage. We want you to put the principles of Scripture into practice in your, in your marriage and in your family and let this marriage be your last marriage and say, Lord, I'm going to be all in with this woman who, or this man who is now my husband, this woman who is now my wife. I can't go back and unscramble eggs. Uh, I, 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 what's done is done, but I'm going to make this uh, the best marriage it can be. And I'm going to walk with in the light with the Lord. And is it God doesn't God doesn't put that stuff over our heads, Tammy, to where it's like the for the rest of your life. You know, you're you're Hester Prynne. Here's a scarlet A, and you wear it on your chest everywhere you go. The, the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And where we can change and get things right, if you were living with this guy, that would be a different story. That would be like, okay, Tammy, you either need to. Uh, separate from him or you need to get married. Living in sin is, is obviously not something God can bless, but you're not doing that. You did get married and you do have children and uh, God is not saying, well, Tammy, you, you're never going to be right with me. No, you can be right with him. And so I would just say this, First uh, John chapter 5 where the Lord says, This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Uh, when we pray and when we ask God to make us right with him, he does that. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he who has the Son has the life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you have eternal life. God wants you to know that. And as he said to the woman in Luke 7, your sins have been forgiven, your faith has saved you, go in peace. So I would say to you, Tammy, don't live in guilt. Accept the Lord's word, live in the peace that he gave you because of the cross and because of the empty tomb. So God bless you and thank you for calling and thank you for sharing so openly. Well, this is Real Truth for today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow. And Debbie is going to be with me, so that's always a treat. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.